My name is Dean, and welcome to Underdog Theology, a live YouTube show airing every Monday where we talk about theology, church, and culture. Now let's get into it. Hey, welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about cancel culture, everyone's favorite topic. Um, Some people have accused me of being a proponent of cancel culture. I've gotten that actually quite a bit. Um, But today I want to talk about it because we have an instance, a couple instances actually that have come up recently to where we're asking that question, when is it time to look at a pastor or a theologian and say that this person is beyond being helpful? They've gone to a place, they've gone somewhere theologically, maybe in their personal life. We'll be looking a little bit at uh, Carl Barth in a recent article uh, that's uh, making the rounds a little bit with the Gospel Coalition. Um, but how far do these people have to go before we're like, mm, I'm not going to be you know, looking at their stuff anymore. I'm not going to be supporting their stuff anymore. Because we all make mistakes, right? Like we, we all have things that we do in our lives that aren't consistent with our faith, that, that our sins that we've committed, uh, things in our past, maybe it's a long time ago, maybe it's recent, where we don't want to be judged but our entire lives based off of that one instance, right? We all have that. I have that. You have that. All these individuals that we talk about here on the show have that. But when does it get to a point where it's like, okay, it's not just, hey, you know, let's let's interact with someone's teaching. Let's let's have a little bit of dialogue about something that they said. It, like the Matt Chandler situation, I think is a good example. Uh, if you like Matt Chandler, I think it's okay for you to like Matt Chandler, even though I've made videos about, you know, what, what happened there and what didn't get said and what should we do about that. You know, if you like him, you like him. That's that's probably the way it's going to be. I get a lot of people who come to my channel because I talk about someone that they like and they get really defensive about it. But if you're one of those people that just likes someone and you you might say, well, they've done things that I'm not okay with. Well, how far does that person have to go before you're not okay with that person anymore? That's really what I want to talk about today. And we're going to use two different examples in this. So the first one that I want us to look at is actually with the Gospel Coalition, with a story that they have right now about Karl Barth. Maybe you know that name, maybe you don't. He's a Swiss theologian, so probably not someone that you're super familiar with, at least people on my channel. We don't we don't do like the super deep dives into uh, like different reformed works. So you might not be all that familiar with him, but I can guarantee you that uh, whoever you've listened to, whether a pastor, theologian, they've been influenced by him. Uh, now, there, there have been talks over the years about his relationship with a woman. And uh, what what exactly was the nature of that relationship? He was a married man, and uh, there have been some letters, I guess, that have been translated, at least somewhat recently. I don't know how recently. Uh, I didn't know about this until I read this article today. 
Um, but uh, apparently these letters contained an ongoing adulterous relationship to the point where this man who has been held up by many, uh, I mean, his, his works, Church Dogmatics, uh, is an amazing theological work. As a reform guy, I get a lot out of his teaching. Uh, doesn't mean I agree with him on everything. Uh, certainly not, actually. <laughs> but uh, there, there have been a lot of stuff that I've gotten from him. But now it comes out, years later, I think he died in like the 60s, some sometime in the 60s. Uh, so it gives you a little bit of a time frame from where he was. Uh, but now it comes out that there was this relationship. Let's see if I can fix this a little bit uh, on the fly. That's how, that's as close as we're going to get it. All right. Um, but there, there are all kinds of interesting things in this article. I'll let you go and actually read the article yourself. Uh, but there was an ongoing relationship to the point where he was pursuing this woman. Uh, he even writes about how he wants her to live with them, with his family, with his wife and children. What do you do with that? What do, what do we do with a theologian that comes out years later? Like a lot of times you hear the, the talk, and I've said it before too, read old dead guys because they're not going to let you down, right? Like uh, because, you know, you, you look at people in culture today and the popular figures, and sometimes, you know, they, they do something or they say something, and you're like, wait, what? Like, oh man, this, this ruins everything. Uh, but it can happen with old dead guys too. Now, like this wasn't that long ago. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, he's been dead for, I think close to 60 years. And now we're finding out about this uh, affair, at least having it confirmed that there's no, well, we don't know. It's like C.S. Lewis. There, there was a relationship there, not an adulterous relationship, uh, but there was a relationship there with his friend's mom that people go like, ah, that seem, that seems kind of weird. Um, this, but we don't know. Uh, Barth, <laughs> I guess we know now. And uh, to me, I look at this and I go, how can how can a Christian uh, who was a proponent of solid theology uh, continue? to live a very ungodly life and still, you know, go into essentially, you know, a pulpit, if you will, uh, and, and teach over and over and over again while holding up these Christian values. And what do you do with someone like that? Uh, it's an interesting idea. I want to know what you guys think today. Uh, it's, it's one that is a little bit hard for me. Because we want to be Christians who forgive people, right? If anyone in all the world has a right or has a burden, I guess I should say, a responsibility to be a forgiving people, it should be Christians. Uh, that when we see people who fall into sin, we should, as Paul says, remember where we come from and remember that we once too walked according to uh the rule of this world, right? We we would we would sin, and we we can each look back into our past and see that sin. Maybe maybe like I said earlier, not not even that 
old, like we can look into this past week and we can see our own sins. But what do you do when that, that sin is ongoing and it's unrepentant? And from everything we can see with Karl Barth, it seems that it was an unrepentant, sinful lifestyle where he would say one thing from where he was teaching, where he was writing, uh, and then live another. Uh, and I thought I saw something. Yeah, Shanna Lee brings up an interesting point. Uh, isn't there a movement trying to cancel Jonathan Edwards because he not only owned, but even bought slaves? Yeah, it, it's a similar kind of dialogue, right? Like, I think it's pretty clear when you look at Scripture, when you look at the Old Testament, they're like, just not to go too down far, like chasing the rabbits down the rabbit hole. But uh, when you look at the Old Testament, it's very clear that the idea of man stealing, which would essentially be what people think about slavery today, uh, because there was a different form of slavery back in the day, bond servants, all of that. Maybe you've heard that before. But when people think of slavery today, they think of the Old Testament idea of man stealing. Man stealing was a sin. So owning slaves was a sin, an ongoing one. Now, is it one that they knew was a sin? That, that, that to me, is a crucial point in understanding. Now, sometimes we're ignorant of things. Sometimes we're ignorant of things that are going on in our own lives. So for Jonathan Edwards, for me, I have major issues with him because of that. Uh, I'm not ready to write him off completely. Um, there, there are too many of his works that have been influential to me that I can get truth from even acknowledging, I think that he was an ongoing sin because of him owning other people. Uh, but I do think it was an ongoing sin that he was unaware of. Carl Barth is a different story. <laughs> like, um, there is no like debate whether adultery is sin or not. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that Karl Barth even thought of it that way. He actually, in uh, this article, he goes into a little bit more detail about how he, uh, how he was put into this conundrum or something like this, this dilemma from God. And so he knows it's sin, but he, he loves this woman. And it's, it's an interesting uh, article, a, a fairly long article, but you can go on to gospelcoalition.org uh, and read uh, What Are Theologians for? The Case of Karl Barth's Adultery by Samuel uh, Parkinson. I think it's an interesting read and brings me a little bit further into this conversation uh, because, you know, we can look at past theologians and we could have this dilemma about when is that line that we cut them off and say, it's time to cancel Karl Barth versus what we see today because it's happening all around us. Uh, so let's, before we answer those questions, let's get a little bit further uh, of the details about what I'm talking about here uh, with an interesting story, at least interesting to me. All right. Um, Canon Press, which is the publishing arm for Doug Wilson and the Moscow camp, and all those guys, uh, they uh, tweeted out the other day uh, a quote from uh, Steve Lawson, as you can see here in the image. If, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, I'm just saying, 
you know, maybe, maybe come over to YouTube. There's a lot of visuals mixed in with this show. Uh, if you enjoy listening to the audio, I'm thankful for you. And if that's the best way for you, I'm just saying, like you can come and have a little bit of dialogue too here in the live chat. Um, but uh, the trouble with preachers today is that no one wants to kill them, which is an interesting quote. Um, I, I think a little grandiose, but uh, <laughs> Steve Lawson said that in the documentary uh, called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God uh, coming, and it's coming to Canon Plus this Friday or this past Friday. This is interesting uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, Media Gratier is, uh, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Uh, I didn't take Latin. Um, but this is a media company that has been doing documentaries. Some I've really enjoyed, um, a reformed, uh, uh, reformed publication. Uh, and they, they made this documentary in conjunction with, uh, Reformation House Publishing, I think is the, the name of the company. I probably should have had that up. Uh, let's go to Puritan <laughs> Documentary. Let's make sure I'm getting that that name right. It's Reformation Heritage. uh, I remember Heritage being in the name. Um, But Reformation Heritage Books. Okay. So just so I'm being crystal clear on who we're talking about. Um, Now, they sell a bunch of different books. Some I would agree with, some I wouldn't, some you'd agree with, some you wouldn't. But the idea of them giving Canon Plus exclusive access, and it is exclusive. Uh, they don't have this documentary streaming anywhere. I know because I wanted to watch it and I couldn't. <laughs> uh, like, I I enjoyed, uh, I think it was Media Gratier that did the Spurgeon documentary. Uh, and they did one on um, the Reformation itself. Um, so they've done a few that I've, I've enjoyed. And I remember like being like, wait, I have to buy the book. And like, it was really expensive to, to buy this documentary because Reformation house, uh, Reformation heritage. Yeah, that's it. Reformation heritage. There's so many different companies that have basically the same name, but (laughs) Reformation heritage books, uh, they, they basically, in a way, I think they just owned the documentary, even though Media Gratier made it. And they have this deal that they came up with, I guess, uh, with Canon Press. So very interesting because this is like a major, you know, publishing arm or at least a major work in the reformed world. And basically they're giving exclusive rights uh, maybe they're not calling it that. Maybe they're not saying that it's exclusive rights, but they're they're giving it to Doug Wilson. And that's very concerning for me. Um, as I've said many times here on the show, uh, I am not a fan of Doug Wilson. Uh, beyond that, I've called him a heretic on my show multiple times, and I'll do it again because he hasn't changed his theology on his idea of works being mixed in with his view of justification. He's put out several videos where he's tried to tell people, oh, it it means this, but he just keeps on saying the same thing. And basically, you maintain your justification through your works is essentially where he comes from. If you maintain your justification through any process within yourself, 
then you are part of your salvation. You are working toward your salvation. Uh, and there's other issues that come into it as well in that situation. But uh, then there's ethical things that are going on. His views of patriarchy and Christian nationalism are troubling. Um, and then there's there's a lot of other personal issues that, that come out. Look, look at examining Moscow um, at their account on Facebook and Twitter. Like you can you can find just just Google Doug Wilson and controversy, and you will get plenty of Google hits that'll keep you keep you interested for a while. <laughs> like there's there's all kinds of things with this individual. Um, I think he is way far down that that trail of where you would find a cutoff and say enough is enough. And so it is very concerning to me that media gratier and Reformation Heritage books would make this kind of a deal uh, with Doug Wilson. Um, now, if you're like, you don't know, you don't know everything that's true. Uh, I even forgot the name of the publishing company, so that's accurate. <laughs> like, uh, But this is, this is what I tweeted. I, I tweeted any comment from uh, Reformation House or Heritage, uh, and media gratier on this partnership, just taking a screenshot of that. And I didn't hear anything back. Now, again, I'm just a guy in my basement talking into my camera. You know, I don't have like a huge platform here on YouTube or on Twitter, but you know, people do pay attention once I make the video. Uh, <laughs> they, they never pay attention when I ask the questions. So I don't know, maybe one of these people, or, um, you know, one of the people for Reformation Heritage or Media Gratier will watch this and uh, have some something to say. I'd be interested to know what they have to say about this. Um, because to me, it is just normalizing Doug Wilson's theology. It's, it's saying this person is good. And Media Gratier, if anyone's curious, Media Gratier did like... Uh, the tweet from Canon Press. I had someone uh, claiming to uh, know the people at Media Gratier, and they probably do. Like, I'm not trying to accuse anyone, uh, but they probably do. And they were talking about how, well, these are godly men. Well, cool, but why did they like the tweet? Why? Why is this going? Why isn't anyone saying anything? If if these companies weren't supportive of Doug Wilson's ministry, then why aren't they like, hey, it's not exactly like that, you know, like, uh, it's it's a little different. It's a business decision. Maybe we made this decision. Maybe we didn't. They bought the rights. I don't know how it works, but it would be nice if someone from that world were to talk about it. Because when I see stuff like this, I, I see someone affirming. I see someone affirming of someone who has very dangerous theology. If you agree with me on the idea of his theology being heretical um, or disagree with me, I think even if you disagree with me, you still think it's dangerous, right? Like federal vision is a dangerous theology. If it's not heresy, which I think it is, but if it's not, it's pretty dang close and I think that's really iffy for any reform company or any orthodox company, Christian company, who affirms uh, the basic tenets of the faith. I think that they should be very 
uh, careful in doing any business with a with a company with a ministry that has such dangerous theology, right? Like, I don't know, am I alone in that? Um, but when I saw this, I was like, okay, um, like this idea, like how far do we take it? Because for me, I think Doug Wilson is beyond that, beyond that line of being able to cut it and just be like, this is where the line stops. If you cross it, you know, we're going to, we're not going to deal with you. Now in the world that I came from, the world that I grew up in fundamentalism, we called this idea separation. That there, there is a, a, a time and an action that would lead someone into a place where it is time to sever that relationship. Now, we see that in Scripture very clearly. Mark those that cause divisions among you. Paul says this in many of his epistles uh, of that there being a line theologically that, that separates you from where people should be comfortable uh, interacting with you. Now, most of the time when Paul is writing, he's talking about individuals within a local church. But I think the principle applies uh, to where we're looking at churches and pastors and organizations and saying, well, they are beyond that line. Now, if they're constantly making division over teaching that uh, isn't uh, isn't one of those things, you know, when I did that circle, I show the circle sometimes on uh, our core doctrine, and they expand that, and they, they make secondary issues into bigger issues. That's what fundamentalists do. Um, you know, some of these things on secondary issues we can, you know, obviously have disagreements about. But when it gets uh, to the point where people are creating all kinds of conflict over these secondary issues and third-tier issues, and even beyond that, if you, if you have a fourth tier, you know, I don't know, people never go to the fourth tier. Uh, but if you, if you have, you know, some, some degree beyond that and you're making all these fights about dumb little things, I think that's what Paul is mostly concerned about when he's talking about Mark, those who cause divisions among you. Uh, but it's very clear as we look at, you know, an abundant, uh, abundance of, of passages that if you're going to teach something that is contrary to the gospel, you know, Paul says, let, let them be accursed, Right. So if, if that, that's got to be at least one line <laughs> of where you're teaching uh, doctrine that is contrary to the gospel, that's a line. But where, is the, where are those lines in between? Um, and are there personal ones? And to me, as I've been thinking about this, and as I've looked at scripture passages, and um, you know, we're not going to do a deep dive today about you know, where specifically things are said, but I think it's pretty clear when you look at Scripture that there, there are a couple different things. One, is it ongoing? Like this, whatever this, this thought is, whatever this action might be. So uh, if it's a teaching that is dangerous, like not, not necessarily to where it's heresy, like Doug Wilson's, um, but uh, it is a dangerous line of thinking. If it's ongoing, if they're constantly talking about that, I think that would be one of the things that needs to be part of our decision-making process of whether it's okay to cancel them in our own lives. Now, I'm not talking about uh, you know what the world does. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about you and me, most likely, 
um, you know, about what we do, what ministries we support, who we affirm, who we, um, you know, share their stuff on our social media and things like that. Um, if it's ongoing, dangerous thinking, I think it's pretty clear that it's time for us to, to be done with that. If it's something that they're just constantly being argumentative about smaller doctrines and uh, they're, they're like leading it into bigger conversations all the time, then it's, it's time to be done with it. Uh, and when it comes to like actions, if those things are ongoing as well, like, so the idea of being ongoing, you know, if it's, if it's someone who makes a mistake, and this is something that I get quite a bit, you know, because I, I do talk about, you know, these things that happen with specifically megachurch pastors. And, you know, it's the idea of us being underdogs and talking about the big dogs and because no one, no, they're not going to hold themselves accountable. Okay. Like, I think we've, we've seen that pretty clearly uh, in evangelicalism over the last 20 years. The big dogs, they aren't going to hold each other accountable. It's, it's up to people in churches people in their basements talking to their cameras, people who write blogs. Uh, It's up to those people to hold the big dogs accountable. Uh, So like I do get some people who will be like, well, that person just made a mistake. Like I get this about Johnny Hunt actually quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, That that is not just a little mistake, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But they say, well, it was a one-time mistake thing so it's not that big of a deal well depending on like what was actually done i think it does it it, it is a pretty big deal uh if it's illegal specifically uh, uh, like again allegedly let me let me put the, all the words but allegedly if it's if it's illegal you might have you might have something to do but a lot of times uh these these little things that people talk about uh, and they're like, it's a one-time thing. A lot of times it is a one-time thing. A lot of times it was a mistake that this person made. Now, depending on what it is, if it's adultery, I think there's a different category that it goes into. But if it's something else, there is a possibility of uh, someone being restored after a serious sin. But it was one time and the person was repentant and and the person did change uh, you know, they did step down from maybe their position of authority, whether that's writing books in the case of Karl Barth, uh, whether that's teaching in the pulpit when it comes to a pastor, uh, whatever that, that Christian leader is, if it's a one-time thing and they're repentant of it, then okay. Like we could have a conversation. They could maybe in time be restored back to, you know, doing what they were doing before. But if it's ongoing, I think that shows a, a callousness uh, to to that sin or that, that lifestyle or um, the, even that theology sometimes uh, that I think is something that we need to be specifically thinking about. So if something, you know, if we're trying to figure out these lines on where to draw uh, this line of when when it is time to let someone 
and and I'll use the term, but I don't mean it in a like they don't get a bank account anymore or they can't make business decisions. I'm talking about like how Christians interact with them in this idea of cancel culture in our own lives of maybe maybe you'd want to use that word separation or something like that uh, or disfellowship. When that line is drawn, I think the idea of it being ongoing is a big part of that. Another one for me, uh, when I look at Scripture, it's very concerned with uh, the people that are hurt uh, by by whatever it was, by by whatever is happening. So again, action or ideas, like specifically theology. Um, if if it is harmful to people, and like okay, maybe it wasn't ongoing, but it was extremely harmful to someone. I think that that is also a line that should be drawn. So for the for the case of Doug Wilson, there there's even if you take the theology aside, there are other aspects of his ministry that are very harmful for people, and you can read all kinds of stories about that. Or in the case of Mark Driscoll, uh, I think his attitudes are something to be considered. But even if you just look at impact, the city of Seattle will never be the same because of what Mark Driscoll did at that church. Now, some would argue, well, it won't be the same because of what he did in a positive way. I mean, yes, there, there were people that got saved, but look at like how many people were hurt, how many people were turned off from the gospel because they saw a hypocritical culture for you know holding this leader accountable. I hear from those people. Like to me, like the impact, the hurt that that person had, I think is that line where you're just like, nope, I'm just not going to interact with this person. I'm not going to promote their stuff, even to the point, even if they were sorry, which Mark Driscoll still is not sorry. Um, But I think it is something that we need to consider uh, is the impact that this person had uh, in a a negative way, who they hurt. Uh, But there, there are so many different things. I'd be interested to know what you think about this idea of like how far is too far like feel theologically obviously if they're going against the gospel line drawn Uh, but if it is ongoing and unrepentant i think also line drawn if if we're talking about uh, the impact or hurt that someone has caused i think line drawn so if we take it back over uh, to uh, this idea of doug wilson and this, I, I would assume, deal. And again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't understand the business world. Um, but when I look at um, this idea of Canon Press saying that they have the rights to Puritan and, you know, they're, they have this deal with Media Gratier and uh, Reformation Heritage Books and they're, they're promoting it. And both these companies, or at least uh, specifically, I'll just, I'll just say because I saw it, Media Gratier liking this. I mean, I, I look at this and I go, well, theologically, it's crossed the line. Um, you know, so <laughs> at least to me, if, you, if you're still like, oh, I just think it's dangerous theology, that's one thing. Um, but I think it's heresy. Federal vision is heresy. So uh, theologically, to me, it's crossed the line. Uh, ongoing, we know that Doug Wilson has taught the same things. I'm telling you guys, um, you guys don't remember probably because you're not from the Pacific Northwest. 
Uh, but Doug Wilson has been saying the same stuff for a long time. Him and uh, Mark Driscoll are buddies, and they've been teaching very similar things. So a lot of the things that you heard in the rise and fall of Mars Hill, I can guarantee you uh, that the the people who have listened uh, to Doug Wilson have heard as well. Um, but it's ongoing, and it definitely does hurt people. Again, just look at any of the stories that have come out of that. Uh, so all across the board, I think it's pretty clear on this one. And then when you take it to old theologians like Karl Barth, I think the idea of ongoing is uh, pretty clear. <laughs> pretty clear when you start uh, reading some of the stuff that's come out. So for me, I'm not going to support Karl Barth's uh, theology anymore. I'm not going to recommend his church dogmatics. Uh, I'm not going to recommend his books. Now, that does that mean that I will never read any of his stuff ever again? No. I do think that there's still good to be um, to be had within his works, but we need to be very careful in understanding that this was a man who was ongoing in sin uh, and seemed very conflicted uh, as far as his personal life with his theology. Uh, so for me, I'm not going to recommend anyone go and like pursue his his a bibliography and find all his books and and read them all and own them all and collect them. I'm not going to recommend that. Now I have his works, so uh, I every once in a while I might dig into those and see. But I will also have that in mind that this is like the 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 alarms should be going when you're reading someone like this now. Uh, when you're reading Jonathan Edwards and and those uh, theologians who own slaves, you should have that in your mind as you're reading, that this is not someone that was perfect. And you might hear that and be like, well, obviously, I guarantee you that we've all read people and just assume that anything they said was right. <laughs> like, sometimes we just have that because of who they are. After all, it's Jonathan Edwards. After all, it's Karl Barth. After all, you know, whoever. Uh, so we, we need to have that in our minds where, the, like the, I don't know, the alarms have gone off, that we're, we're just kind of aware that there might be danger as we're reading something and that this person very well could be wrong about what they're talking about. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we negate everything that they've ever said, that we throw it all in the trash. That's not what I'm saying. But do we promote them? Do we recommend them? I think that in the case of Karl Barth, I think it's it's a no for me. Um, let's let's see. Uh, you guys have been interacting quite a bit, but I haven't been able to keep up with it. So uh, let's let's see. David's here and says, uh, "Why is RHB and Media Gratia partnering with those who compromise the gospel?" It's a good question. I don't know if we're going to get an answer. Uh, Mark Lar says, all I heard from reform teachers were warning about Barth, Sproul, John Frame, James White. Um, all right. American gospel TV might, uh, might also be able to stream MG documentaries. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's fine. It's just the idea of that specific one is owned 
like it's different. I I know that because I talked. Uh, I don't want to give away too much, <laughs> but back in the day, I talked with uh, the guy who was in charge of Media Gratier uh, about some of the stuff, and uh, he was saying that uh, Reformation Heritage Books, like basically owns this, that they basically use Media Gratier to make it for them. Um, so they they own the rights. So it's that one specific documentary. So that's why I know it's like a big deal and not just like working out into where it's like a bunch of their works get also onto this platform and like as if it's just like a business decision. This is beyond a business decision. I know that. Now, maybe there are some business things I don't understand as part of it, but it is about this particular documentary um, and it is owned at least from my understanding, it's owned by Reformation Heritage. So, um, let's see. What are we, are we serious right now? Here I am just having a good old stream. Is this really a conversation that's being had in my chat? Mark Lar, what in the world, man? Show us in the Bible where slavery is sin. It is not sin in the Bible. Banned, bud. What the heck? <laughs> no. All over the place. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Interesting, interesting. When you're not paying attention to the chat sometimes. Um, all right. Uh, David also says it is shady, especially when reformed denominations have condemned it as heretical. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The one time adultery thing is a no for me. LOL. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we got people defending slavery. Is that, is that really what just happened in our, the world's crazy. The world is nuts. You know what? That's it. That's it. It's time to go all the way. Can't believe that happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright, so our first comment into the penalty box is from uh well, I wish I could put Mark Lar in there. <laughs> Um, th those things belonged in the penalty box. I don't know, but penalty of beyond penalties. I'm sorry, Mark Lar. You might be a nice guy, but that's nasty stuff. Uh, Andy Yoon though, he, he left a comment on the new Greg Locke movie looks ridiculous. Uh, that video, um, he said, funny you say to show love, uh, show Jesus love to one another, while making a video making fun of other ministers. You are the cancerous problem in the body of Christ and should probably spend more of your time actually preaching the gospel to a lost world rather than having fun with these friendly fire videos. Hang it up, bro. Seriously, and get, uh, get, get right with the Lord's actual heart to seek and to save the lost. So I think we know that Andy's a big fan of uh, Greg Locke and the Demon Slayers. Um, a couple things. If you're going to talk about someone being like, oh, you're being unloving, probably don't call them a cancer while you're doing it. Uh, I don't think I called them that. <laughs> but uh, 
if you're going to like be like, all right, I'm going to use this comment section as a soapbox to talk about how unloving you are, definitely don't want to be like, hey, and you're a cancer. Like that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's what can I say? What can I say? Well, first off, uh, don't call it friendly fire. Uh, this that that video isn't friendly fire, uh, and don't. Uh, you know, making fun of other ministers. Uh, I don't think that they're ministers. I don't think that they're actual ministers. Uh, so, you know, don't sometimes, you know, it's a, it's okay to assume that Dean doesn't think that everyone involved with this video or this thing that I'm reacting to is a Christian. Uh, so just saying that, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I try, I try though you know, uh, seriously and get your, uh, get right with the Lord's actual heart to seek and to save the lost. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying. So, um, you, you ended up in the penalty box, Andy. Sorry. Uh, let's go to the next one. Two minute minor trip. And there's a call. Uh, <laughs> uh, first I gotta, I gotta acknowledge whenever Philip pops in, it's always great. It's always great. Uh, so I wish they could deliver us from Doug Wilson. Uh, did you guys go watch that video? Seth Mayer, uh, just left like, just like a zinger just at the right moment, uh, in that, in that video. But, uh, this one, this one is not that, but it still made me, it made my day. <laughs> like, uh, Jacoby McDaniels left a comment on my Justin Peters is a fundamentalist video. Uh, and he said, Dean must be listening to Joel Osteen, <laughs> which, oh, this that's a solid dig. That's a solid dig. But also, like, no. <laughs> Obviously, you don't know me very well or have been around my channel. But I, I just always find it so funny when people just assume, like, if you're against this person, that must mean or against what they're saying, that that must mean you're this like, and it's like the complete opposite of this person. So just funny that, oh, well, I guess if you call Justin Peters a fundamentalist, uh, that, that obviously means that you love Joel Osteen, which anyone who's been around my channel at all would know, definitely not the case. But Jacoby, uh, it made me laugh. I thought it was funny, but also you ended up in the penalty box. There's the whistle. There's no excuse there. He knows that whistle's been blown. Uh, so the next one up is Rodney Primal, which I'm assuming is not his real name. Uh, Mark Driscoll gives master class in gaslighting is the video, and the comment is, thank you for the lesson on gaslighting. You did a great job gaslighting all your followers on YouTube about Mark. <laughs> uh, I thought it was actually pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but this, ah, come on, gaslighting isn't just saying like, this is what I think. That's not gaslighting. Gaslighting is, this is what I think because I actually did the things that Mark Driscoll is accused of. And so I want to like, like it would be something like that. It has to be like covering up something that you've done. So, uh, nope, haven't done that. That's not what gaslighting is. Look it up in a dictionary, but also... It was actually pretty funny. Uh, let's head over to Fundy Town. Fundy. All right. Uh, actually, I need to. Okay, you weren't supposed to see that part. Uh, let's let's have a little bit of fun and watch uh, 
you know, sometimes I like to go back to Fundy Town and remember uh, some of the things that were said in pulpits that were pretty similar to what I heard. So uh, let's let's listen to uh, an old-timey sermon just for a couple minutes and get so much truth out of it, I'm sure. A lot of people are changing course, aren't they? Mm. When people change, here's a good way to find out if what they're believing and what they're saying is going in the right direction or not. It's very simple. You can ask one question. Does it cause them to live a more godly life mm. or a more ungodly life? Mm. The Bible says here, shun profane and vain babblings, for they'll increase unto more ungodliness. We've seen people, listen, they've left the, the pages of the scriptures and they've left the doctrines, the teaching, the convictions, the standards. You take someone who gets off into Calvinism, they always feel like they've got to defend their position. They're always attacking those that don't accept their new position when they once believed what we believe, whosoever we are. But just watch the vein they run. It doesn't lead them to godliness. It leads them to more ungodliness. Uh, you know what ungodliness is? Uh, it's going against the scriptures. Amen. They don't get okay. a greater burden for souls uh, by becoming a Calvinist. They get less of a burden for souls. Uh, oh. They don't go knock on more doors and pass out more tracks. Uh, oh, no, they go in a different direction. You take when somebody leaves a, a church that <laughs> preaches convictions and standards and they go to a more liberal or modern or contemporary mm -hmm. church. Just look at their life. Uh, see which way they go. They don't dress up. They don't dress more godly. They don't go to more godly places. You know where it leads them to? It leads them to a whole lot looser living. Amen? It leads to more ungodliness. Now, they can say what they want to, and they can say God is pleased and God is in this. I, I don't have to hear them say anything. I can take one look at their life. Amen. Oh. You're saying, are you judging? The Bible said a spiritual man judgeth all things. I'm not being judgmental, but I am looking at the direction they're going and judging based off the facts of the Word of God. It's leading them down the wrong road. Amen. And I'm not mm. going that way. Can I get an amen right there? You say, why? Because of studied the scriptures a long time oh. ago. I'm not an authority. I'm not, not a religion. But thank God I know what Bible's right. I know that book will always tell the truth. And it doesn't matter who comes this way or goes that way. I just want to stick with the old stuff. I want to stay in the right way. I want to stay with the scriptures. Amen. Mm. Uh, so your boy, your boy's Calvinist. So I guess that means all the worldliness and also not concerned about saving the lost. Uh, but I guess that fits into what that Yoon guy said. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just kind of fun. This is this is the kind of stuff that I constantly heard <laughs> growing up. Uh, not from my church, but from people who were on the outside of our church, but still had a little bit of influence. Uh, but yeah, Calvinist basically means that uh, you don't care about salvation. Don't look it up, though. Don't look up uh, basically every like major awakening, having Reformed teaching being attached to it. Uh, don't look up the idea of uh, you know Charles Spurgeon, how many people he reached, even though he literally wrote a book about Calvinism. Uh, don't don't look up any of those stuff. You know, just uh, just don't pay attention to that. Don't 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 mind the man behind the curtain. <laughs> but uh, just kind of fun. It's, it's, uh, it's nonsense. It's ridiculous. But also like, I just want to know how these people like, like sounded like this guy needed oxygen, right? Like, like some, just breathe, man. Just breathe. You stop. stop. <laughs> like after every sentence, it's just like, well, maybe pause for a minute. 
but that's the whole thing. It's a shtick. It's a shtick. I don't know why it's normative. <laughs> like, why is this normal, guys? Let me know what that, why? Why? Why is it normal for pastors to get up and do this performance? Like, to do this voice and to do, like, these whole, like, bits. Like, why is that normal? Like, when you wouldn't do it for other categories uh, of public speaking if that was like normal you'd be like oh politician he sounded like a politician why do pastors at least in the south and and apparently if you go watch like the demon slayers uh uh trailer don't because it's garbage (laughs) but um but if you do you'll see some preaching like that but like from people who are not in the South, but why is that normal to just like, and like people start giving amens when it's like, why are you even? What's wrong with you people? That's it. That's it. Uh, so that's, that's the show today, guys. 